Sometimes life is a beautiful mess, full of to-do lists, deadlines, and everything but time for you. Join me for Wednesday Nightcap, a 40-minute monthly space to unwind and de-stress from the daily grind of life. Because you deserve a moment to hit pause and reflect so you can realign with your true purpose. You have the power to decide how you want to show up. Click the link below and take your self-care to another level. I can't wait to see you for Wednesday Nightcap. Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family, relationships, and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that are sometimes hard to have. Well, we're not afraid to have those conversations right here. Join me as we spill tea on every conversation you ever thought about, dreamed about, or whispered about. Hey y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Welcome back, it is time for tea. I am your host, Makita. I wanna thank you for sharing your time, your space, and your energy with me today. I wanna ask you a question. Have you ever woke up and just felt like you were not living your true purpose? Like there was something missing in your life. If you're like me, then I know that you felt this way at least once. And the universe has this way of reminding us that we need to start stepping into our purpose. Sometimes with a gentle nudge and others with a hard kick. And during those moments of growth, we often question ourselves whether we're truly capable of stepping into our purpose. We stand in spaces sometimes that were created for us, and we're not really sure if those were definitely on the right track to living your life unapologetically. And no one knows this better than my amazing guest, Miss Kate House of the Live by Design podcast. I want to welcome Kate as she comes on to spill some hot tea on what it's like to truly live with purpose and create a life of design. Oh, thank you so much, Makita. It's such a pleasure to be here. You just, I mean, your listeners can't see it, but you just have the most brilliant smile and just such joy that exudes from you. So I am just so grateful to get to share this time and space with you today. And thank you. Thank you for coming on and spilling some hot tea on your journey. (laughs) Absolutely. It's my favorite thing to do. Now, before we get into your journey, can you tell us a little bit about what it means to live by design? Yeah, I love that question. Yeah, because my show is all about living by design and not by default. And so I know you and I have a very similar like core foundational beliefs about that. And yeah, so for me, you know, it's been a journey, like all things in life, it's been a journey of figuring out like, what does that mean for me? And how does that show up in each different season of life? But the season I'm in right now, I've got two little two little boys. Um, they're so much fun, but they are such a handful, but in the best way. And um, with my husband and we're, we're building our life, we just moved to a small town, actually a small town where we went to college. And uh, we moved here just about a year and a half ago. And so we're really starting to, to put down roots here and, and get really settled. And so in this season, I'm finding that living by design is, is twofold. The first part is really prioritizing my own self-love routines. And whether that's like, like physical self-care, like moving my body joyfully or taking time to really relax or to meditate or to journal, like all the things that like 
quote unquote, fill my cup, right? So like that's saying that you can't pour from an empty vessel. So you have to pour into yourself first before you can really show up as your, you know, your best, most joyful, most fulfilled self for those you love the most. And I think as a new, new-ish parent, that's a lesson that I've been learning is, is the value of really loving yourself well so that you can show up for these little humans that you love so much so that they get the best version of you. And then the other part of living by design for me in this season is is really prioritizing my own personal goals. I I want to be like the best parent I can possibly be. And I want to be like the best partner for my husband and like sister and friend and all of that. But I also really want this sense of self. Um, like I have this, this strong desire and this, this purpose I feel to, to do what I'm doing, to podcast and be a health coach and encourage other women to live with purpose and with passion and, it's really important to me to have to pour into that desire because when I do that, when I work towards these goals that I have and hosting my show and in coaching clients, I feel so vibrant and joyful. And that helps me show up as an even better person for everyone around me. <laughs> and so, so that's the long-winded answer of living my design for me right now is, is really prioritizing my own self-care and self-love routines because Ultimately, it benefits the people I love the most. And so it's not selfish, it's essential. Um, and then also just working towards my own personal goals um, really just lights me up. Um, and yeah, that's what living by design means for me in this season, at, at least. <laughs> and I love how you mentioned seasons too, because I believe each and every one of us go through different seasons of growth. And when we go back to the start of everything, you know, what led up to that particular moment of change. We have to look at what season we were in before. Maybe we were in that season of planting or maybe we were in that seed of nurturing, which is a time to like really let's fill our own cups. So tell me about your journey and what led you to start your transformation, to start living your life by design on your own terms. Yeah, that's what I love that question. So I like to kind of like jokingly say that I had a quarter life crisis, but it literally was like I turned 25 and I had the like, what am I doing with my life kind of moment. I had always been like a high achiever in school, you know, like got good grades, went to a, a good college, like got a good job, like all the things you were quote supposed to do. And I found myself at 25, like, I like people pleasing, but in a way, like I just, I wanted to make everyone around me proud. Like the people who had poured into my education and the people who had loved me. And I wanted to do what I thought they wanted me to do. And that led to me getting to be 25, which was like seven years ago now, almost eight years ago. And I was like totally burnt out. I was exhausted. I was overweight. I just, I didn't feel good in my body. I had these like stress induced nightmares about my email crashing at my work. Like I, I was working and trying so hard to be everything for everyone that I forgot to like take care of myself. And that was kind of my like aha moment of like, it's no one else's responsibility to take care of me, but me. And I had this one moment where before I, and I want to be really clear that it wasn't the job's fault. It wasn't any of the people that I was trying to please. It wasn't their fault. It was, it was like the ownership, the responsibility was on me. And I had this moment where I was sitting down with my husband and I, I like 
remember exactly where we were sitting on our couch in this little townhouse we were renting right after we got married. And he told me like, I was, I was upset and I was crying and he was like, I wish I could just make it better. And that's when I had this like, like literally like a light bulb went off in my head. And I realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm choosing to feel this way by not changing anything. And it's hurting the person I love most in this world. Um, and, and at that moment, like in that season, seeing how difficult it was for my husband was actually like the motivation I needed to make the change for myself. And now many years later, I'm able to make these decisions because I know what's best for me personally, but that like all things has also been a journey of getting to that place. And so I found myself at 25, like burnt out, feeling awful, like just couldn't sleep because of these nightmares. And I had this like you know, when you like tune into your intuition and you start to listen and you get these like little whispers of like, you should do this. And I had had this thought for months, like I really wanted to be a yoga teacher. Like I had, I had been running a lot and I was training for a half marathon and my hamstrings got really tight. So I started going to yoga because I was like, well, I guess that's what you do when your hamstrings are tight. You go to yoga. And then I fell in love with the practice of yoga, right? <laughs> I fell in love with the community, with the women. Oh, it's just like such an empowering space to be in. And I was like, well, if there's anything that is the antithesis of like my work in a cubicle, drowning under like fluorescent lights and stress all day. It's going to a yoga studio and being surrounded by these like uplifting, strong, empowered women. And it had this little whisper in my mind, like you should, you should be a yoga teacher. And I was like, Psh, intuition, what are you talking about? Like I went to school. I like, I was, I was in liberal arts. Like I can't just go be a yoga teacher. Like that's crazy. And, and then my husband months later, like turned to me driving in the car and he was like you know who'd make a good yoga teacher it's like you <laughs> I was like oh dang well if somebody else is telling this to me too I guess I should listen and and that was really what started this whole journey so I had this like quarter life crisis I like totally broke down and realized like I have to change things drastically because what I'm not changing I'm choosing and I didn't want to keep choosing that season that I was in. It was, it was a great time of growth. Um, I learned a lot about myself, but it was also really difficult and trying. And I learned like, okay, I need to make shifts so that I can, uh, so I can show up for myself in the way that I want to show up in this world. And also, you know, again, for those that I love most. And so that's what led me to become a yoga teacher. I started managing studios after that and just loved the community. And then I wanted to go like work more fully with my students. And so that's when I became a health coach. So I could work with them one-on-one, -on -one, like outside of our studio time together. And then we moved soon thereafter back to the East Coast because we were starting our family. And that's when I, again, had this little like whisper of like podcasting. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. I don't know about that. That's crazy. And then my best friend like texted me one day and was just like, hey, like my husband and I were just chatting and we think you should start a podcast. And I was like, oh, dang, here we go again. <laughs> it's happening again. And now I'm almost 100 episodes in and I, I love what I'm doing in terms of the work that I get to do, the impact that I get to have. And, and hopefully just my whole goal is to encourage other women. Hopefully they don't have to go through a quarter life crisis like I did. Maybe I can maybe I can reach back a couple steps ahead on the path and say like, 
here are some like guiding principles or things that could help you so that maybe you don't have to crash and burn quite as much as I did. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where it all started. And, and I think what I've learned through that is just always to take the time to get quiet and to really listen to yourself. Because when you are in aligned action, when you're taking steps that are in alignment with what you feel like in your heart and your soul is right for you. And, you know, obviously always make decisions with, you know, take your financial picture into consideration, take your partner into consideration if you have one. Like there are important logistical things as well, but also like tune in with yourself because all these times when I've, I've listened to that little nudge from, you know, the heart, the spirit, you know, whatever it's called, um, things, really good things have come from it. And so, yeah, that's where it all started. <laughs> and that's how I got to where I am today, sitting here having a conversation with you, which I'm just so grateful for. Your whole journey just shows how resilient you are. And I know everyone that's listening right now can definitely relate to your quarter life crisis. And like you said, that tuition, those whispers, and then having your husband say in that moment, like, you should you should do that. Like, I don't know where it's like, he's like reading your thoughts and just moving you know, little stuff. Exactly. I was like, did I journal that? <laughs> Having a support system is key. Having someone that is there to push you and motivate you along the way, I think is something that we all need. And having your husband, it seems like he's a huge supporter and he really listened to what was best for you and what made you happy. And with that, you were able to show up and be the best version of you. And I think so many people forget to ask ourselves because one of the things you have to challenge yourself with is how can I make me happy versus how can other people make me happy? Yes. Yeah. And that's everything, right? Is learning to take ownership of that. I think when I was younger, and I don't know where this comes from, whether it's cultural or, you know, you see it in movies and TV and in books and and you, you grow up as a young person and you're thinking like, oh, well, when I start dating my like perfect person, you know, this like rainbows are going to happen. The birds are going to sing and like unicorns are going to fly around. Like everything's going to be perfect because like I found my other half, which like I'm super grateful and like very lucky that like my husband and I have been date like we've been together since we were 18, which is crazy. Like we met in college. I had no intention of like finding a serious boyfriend in school. I was like, I'm here for school. And then I met this guy and I was like, oh, dang, I really like, I really like him. And all these years later, we're still together. And so I'm really grateful for that. But even then, like he, he brings so much joy and incredible, just like love and warmth into my life. But I had to learn, like, it is not his responsibility to make me happy. I have to do the things that are fulfilling for me personally. And, and we always joke that there's like three relationships in our relationship. It's like the one I have with myself, the one he has with himself, and then the one that we have together. And we have to, you know, nurture all three of those. You have to do the things that make you feel vibrant because, you know, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And so like, I love to run, for example, like I've been a runner my whole life. I am not a fast runner. I'm like, the tortoise and the tortoise and the hare, but like once I get started, I'll just, I'll keep chugging along. Um, but maybe that's not fulfilling for somebody else. Right. And so just because it's something that you love doesn't mean that it resonates with them in a different way. And, and really, I love that you brought that up, Makita, because it really is just like taking ownership of your, of your self love, um, and, and all the different forms that that takes is so important because 
that's when you get all of your agency back. That's when you get to take back the power and you get to say like, these are my non-negotiables. This is what helps me feel fulfilled. This is what fills my cup. And then in turn, that's how I can turn around and love others well and, you know, pour passion into whatever the work is that you do or whatever your calling is. Um, yeah, it, like you just, you have to take back that power because I think it's so easy to just kind of follow along the prescribed path. And my, my greatest, I don't have many fears, but one of my greatest fears in life is I wake up one day and I realize like I've lived my whole life for somebody else and maybe I don't feel fulfilled in that. And so I'm always just checking in with that internal GPS of like, okay, am I following the path that's right for me in this season? That was a very deep statement, waking up and asking yourself, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever read The Five People You Meet in Heaven, but it's a a really great book. And it takes you on this journey where you're able to just look back on your life and ask yourself that question, did I really live my life or did I just let life pass me by? You know, did I take the chances? Am I happy with how my life turned out? Or did I sit back and choose to just let life happen for me? And I feel that sometimes we hide behind fear instead of stepping into our true purpose. So were you like, I'm just going to go for it and just took a deep breath and just jumped in? (laughs) Actually, um, see all of the above. (laughs) I was... (laughs) I was terrified because I, and I had like the greatest colleagues at the job that I ended up leaving and my boss and like my, my second boss, I guess I'm still close friends with them to this day. Like I send them Christmas cards every year. We text, like they are incredible humans. And when I told them like I needed to leave and I needed to do this for me, they, they offered me like, well, just stay part time and like do your yoga teacher training and like just work in the morning here. And they were so kind and so accommodating. And I had this moment where I realized like I have to go all in on this or I will always fall back on the thing that is easy. Not that that job was easy in terms like it, it was I poured everything into it and that was on me. I, I, I didn't set good boundaries for myself. And I knew if I stayed, I would continue to do that. And I would keep trying to do a whole day's worth of work in half a day now. And, and the whole idea of going on this journey was that I was was fortunate enough that I, I was able to stop working at that time and really do my yoga teacher training and then jump like whole hog into teaching yoga. And so, yeah, it was, I jumped all in and it was, it was really scary. Like I, my training was four months long. And during that time, like two months in, I was allowed to start teaching. And so there was a CrossFit studio nearby that was looking for a yoga instructor. And I was like, sure, I'll teach like, heck, you don't even have to pay me. Like, I just, (laughs) I just want to teach. And so bless these two students they had like a big class and only two students would stay after their class for the yoga and I was so grateful that they did because it got got me the, the chance to like I call it word vomit it's like there's this tank of just like ridiculous things that comes out of your mouth when you learn how to teach yoga and and you're just like what am I saying this does this make any sense to anybody but once you get it all out then then the eloquence comes and you're, and you're much better at cueing and leading a class and like doing all the multitasking that's involved in teaching. And, and so I just jumped on. And so like, I taught at this CrossFit studio, I taught like a lunchtime class at um, 
local business park. I taught in like a YMCA where I had one student who showed up for this, this, like this yin yoga class every week. Bless her heart. I'm so grateful because I learned so much in those settings. So for the first six months, I probably spent more on gas than I made teaching these classes. But I was just like, you know what? I have confidence in my abilities to show up and do this and to learn how to do it really well. And I'm just going to go all in. And within six months, I was like a pretty good yoga teacher. Like I was, I was really proud of like how far I had come from like the person who got in front of the classroom and was like, my hands were sweating and my heart was racing. And I was like, am I projecting my, can you even hear me? Like are words coming out of my mouth to being a Exactly. Could you, could you, I'm like, am I sweating? Can you see it? Like I wore a lot of black tank tops because I was like, at least they can't see me nervous sweating. And then, you know, six months later, a year later, two years later, I'm able to walk into a room and and guide students and, and listen to them and, and cue their bodies and keep them in safe alignment and, you know, have the music playing and, and remember the whole sequence in my head instead of having to look at my notes the whole time. Right. And so it's just a matter of, I love how you touched on like your comfort zone, right? Because learning to teach yoga was like outside of my comfort zone. I was like, wait, I have to be in front of people. Like that sounds terrifying. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but the more you do it, you start to push the edges of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone gets like bigger essentially. And so you just keep doing it scared. I like to say like, you just keep showing up with the butterflies with like the clammy palms and you just keep showing up because then one day, like magically you show up and you're like, Oh, this no longer terrifies me. Like, I don't know if you had this experience when you started your podcast, but the first like five times I sat down to record, I was like, I am sitting here in my basement by myself and I'm like nervous, <laughs> like stumbling over myself all over again. But now like, I'm sure you've had this experience many, many episodes later, you're like, okay, this, this isn't quite so scary. This is something I actually really enjoy. And, and there's a sense of self-worth and a sense of confidence that comes from showing up and, and doing it scared and just like, just keep showing up. I have a personal mantra where I tell myself, I get to do this. I can do hard things. The whole idea being like, I get to do this. Like there's a sense of like gratitude about it. Like, oh, like how grateful am I that like, I get to do this hard thing. And I tell myself like, I can do hard things. And this was like pre Glennon Doyle and her putting this in Untamed, which is amazing by the way. And now everyone's like, I can do hard things. And I'm like, heck yes, you can. I've been saying this for years, but there's a power in telling yourself like, I'm going to purposely push against my comfort zone and, and grow because like, you know, growth is on the other edge of your other, like other side of your comfort zone. And that's where things really start to open up. Because if there's anything I learned from my quarter life crisis, it's that nothing changes if nothing changes. And the change happens outside of that comfort zone. So yeah, it's a, a long winded answer to your question, but. <laughs> no, you're right. I really had to step out of my comfort zone. Um, with podcasting and my husband was really supportive and we were able to talk and make sense about, you know, what my thoughts were, what my next moves were, what was some of my biggest fears and challenges and then just step into that pur purpose. Facing your fears can be hard for any one of us, but sometimes we just have to close our eyes and go for it. And we realize that once we do it, that we can do anything. I love that you mentioned mantras and that 
your mantra is you can do hard things because I think sometimes that we forget that we are resilient, we are strong, and that we're capable of doing some of the most amazing things. And it's important to find your community, find people that motivate you, that help you to strive for something greater. And we all need that accountability and the people that we surround ourselves with. So you have created this amazing community, the LBD Live by Design Collective. Tell us about that. Oh, thank you, Mankita. Yeah, you know, it's funny that we like started with talking about yoga because I really do think that the desire to create an online space for women to come together stemmed from my experience in the yoga studios when I lived back in Illinois because just being in this space with women who, it was never like a competition. It wasn't like, oh, well, she can do a handstand and I'm in like child's pose. Like nobody cared, right? Like it was just like, let's all just carve out this time for ourselves. Let's show up for this one hour and just be totally present. And afterwards, you know, we get to chat and catch up and be supportive and kind with one another. And and that like sense of community, that was one of the first times as an adult, like outside of like the bubble of college, outside of like my hometown where I grew up, that was the first time I really felt that that true sense of community. And I've moved a lot as an adult. I'm really glad now to be in our, we call it our forever-ish house. Like we plan on being here until our kids are done high school. So we've got a while. Um, and and you know, every time you move, you have to, you have to reconnect. You have to connect with people, find community, create friendships. And that takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. And I, I thought to myself, like, how can I fast track this for people? How can I create a space where women can come together and have that same sense of like empowerment and accountability and like a growth focus and just like friendship? How can I create that so that anybody can be a part of it so that you don't have to live by this one specific yoga studio? And, and that's when I kind of thought like, okay, maybe an online collective, the Live by Design Collective is the way to do that. So yeah, it's, it's an online community of women. We meet twice a week. So it's a two hour commitment or twice a month, I should say. So it's a two hour commitment to yourself monthly to pour into your own self love. So the first Monday of every month, we do a growth night, which is like a group health coaching session. And it's really fun because we all interact with each other. We share like what's new and good in our lives. We do a brief meditation. I'll teach on like a health related topic. And then we do a community share opportunity where we all get to kind of react to the topic at hand and share insights or aha moments that we might have had. And I uh, donate a portion of the proceeds every month to a charitable organization. So we've been supporting efforts in Ukraine right now. And so you know, we go over that at the end. And then the third Monday of each month, we do what I call discovery night. And that's our group journaling session. So every month has a theme. So we've done habits, we've done self-love, we just did holistic health. And every month, the journal prompts that I create just for the collective are focused on that month's topic. And so you get like created for you prompts. And it's so much fun because we come together, we meditate to start just to kind of get focused in, in, in the moment. I play some gentle background music. I put the prompts up on the screen and we all just sit and write together. And it's just so lovely to have that time set aside to, to really discover, right? To go in, get connected with that inner voice that's inside of you that we talked about through a journaling practice and just share that space with each other. Because it's so easy to say like, well, I, I want to journal and I want the benefits of journaling, but it's so much harder to sit down and like, 
actually do it at the end of your day. And so that's why we do it as a collective. We come together and there's that accountability piece to it. Um, yeah, and then and then we have a, a members only exclusive Facebook group where we stay in contact throughout the month. So every day we're in there connecting with each, each other, checking on how our habits, like ha we have a habit tracker that everybody does every month for a habit that they're implementing. Um, it's just, it's a really cool space. So, and it's open for all women, um, anyone all over the world. Right now we span like the whole US. So it's hilarious because we've got so many different time zones <laughs> when we all come together. But I just wanted to create a space where women could come together and and know that like they are safe and that they are wanted and that they are welcome. And that the cool thing about the collective is it's, it's not about me at all. Like I might be the one kind of leading the call and doing the educating, but it's a co-created space, meaning that like everyone's story and experiences and insights are valuable and they're shared in that space. And it's where you can come and just kind of like set down like, oh, the, the heaviness that can be life sometimes and just come together and start taking those steps towards, you know, your goals or no matter what they might be. I'm a big fan. I'm, like, I truly believe that you can take one step every day in the direction of your dreams, that you don't have to take like leaps and bounds every day, just like one little step. And, and that could be something big. It could be something small, like a big goal or a small goal. But if we just keep showing up for ourselves with consistency, you know, if you walk one mile every day in a year, you'll have walked 365 miles, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it all, it all adds up, it's all cumulative. So I wanted a space where we could all come together and just support each other along that path. I absolutely love the space that you created because not only is it just about accountability, it's also about connecting with other people that share maybe not the same journey, but everyone's on a journey and having that connection, that relatability, that you're not alone and that you are valued. And then you also have this great opportunity to be able to release into that moment and allow yourself grace, allow yourself the opportunity to share with people in an open, honest space. And like you said, at the end of the day, we all having good intentions to journal like I do, but it may not happen all the time. But when we have that accountability, when we have people supporting us on the same mission, it makes it so much easier. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Makita, you are open, open door welcome for you. Anytime you want to come for a complimentary month, I'd love to have you in the club because you are such a light. And I'm always, you know, wanting to bring people into the collective who have this, you know, this joy and this exuberance and that's the cool thing about the collective is it's, it's all walks of life. It's all ages. Like we have, we have one woman who like, she has adult children. And then we have another woman in the club who's a college student and they, they still connect with each other because you know, the age doesn't matter. The background doesn't matter. Like we're all just women coming together. And I think there's something really special that can happen in that space. Cause you know, traditionally women have done things together, right? We've, we've been gatherers together. We've been basket weavers together. We've labored together. Like, all sorts of things. And then, especially nowadays, we're in this world where we're, we're so segmented, right? Like we're, we all live in our own little homes and maybe we don't even talk to our neighbors. And and so to find a space where we can come together online, at least we can get that sense of, of connectedness, right? You have so much passion for what you do. And I know you guys cannot see Kate right now, but her face just lights up when she talks about her love for her community, for her people. And I just want to know, what do you love most about, you know, showing up and creating this space and connecting with others? 
Oh, I love that question. Um, you know, I really think it's seeing these women step into their own power. A lot of times I think we we forget to prioritize ourselves, right? Because, because we are nurturers and we care for other people traditionally as women, like generalization. Um, and also like a lot of these women in the club and the collective, like they they are just so hardworking. And so they work so hard at their, their job and they work so hard as a parent or they work so hard as a student and they give and they give and they give. And then they're like, oh wait, but I have to pour into myself too. And when they start to, to make those shifts to say like, okay, I'm going like one of our members is implementing a morning routine for herself. And she's like, you know, I've got this time in the morning I've just been snoozing my alarm for like an hour, but I could use that time to really pour into myself. So she started like reading during that time, journaling during that time, and then taking like a really luxurious shower because like, is there any better starts of the day than that? And, and it's really cool to see her say like, I'm, I am worthy of making this time a priority for myself. Um, we have another member who's like, you know what? I get a lot of joy from journaling. So every night, the habit that she's been creating, we call it habit stacking. So she like brushes her teeth, she does like washes her face, she gets in bed, and then she grabs her journal. And that's when she journals. Um, we have another club member who wants to meditate every day. So she stacks it with she she breaks for lunch, she works from home, she breaks for lunch, she eats her lunch, she preps her afternoon snack, and then she meditates for five minutes. And so that's what I love most about being in this, these, the space of these women is they're so kind and loving with each other. Like they'll post like, oh, I, I got my morning routine in today. And they'll all chime in and be like, that's awesome. Way to go. <laughs> and so they're keeping each other lovingly accountable, which I think is so wonderful. And, you know, there's so many places where you can go to be like, get the really hard, like, I can't believe you didn't do this. Da, 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 da. And so we take a very kind approach. We're just like, that's awesome. And if it doesn't happen one day, we're like, okay, let's like, let's figure out why. Or like, maybe you just need to be kind to yourself today and show yourself grace and say like, it just wasn't going to happen today. And that's okay. Like releasing that all or nothing thinking and just having love for yourself in the moment. But yeah, getting to see these women really prioritize themselves and then to see the confidence that comes from that and to see the self, like the sense of self-worth and to see the self-love that comes from that is really cool because sometimes we just need someone to say like, it's okay to love yourself well, right? It's okay to spend time on yourself. It isn't, it isn't selfish. And I think sometimes we're, we're taught to, admire the hustle and admire the grind and, you know, give, 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 but, you know, we have to pour into ourselves. And so seeing these women like own their power and own their time is really, really rewarding for me because I know how much that's helped me in my own personal life. And so being able to watch them take those steps as well is just, it's what keeps me coming back week after week. Because if I can just help one person feel uplifted, then it's all worth it. You know, it's so true. We live in this world where we're rewarded for being in this hamster wheel cycle of grinding and nonstop work. However, lately, it seems that we have had more of a shift where people are getting back to focusing on themselves and really putting in that self-care that is such an important part of our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health. So I'm glad to see this shift and change. So I have to ask you, how do you define what it means to show up and be present? And what does that look like for you? 
Oh, I love this. I love like tangible questions, right? Because I think sometimes in this world, we can, we talk about so much and it's out in the stratosphere and you're like, but what does that actually look like? <laughs> so uh, for me, it looks like, it looks like three different, I call them keystone habits. So a keystone habit is like a habit that when you do it, it starts this like domino effect of positive things in your day. Um, and it comes from like a keystone, like stone. So like, like a archway and there's always like a really big rock right in the middle and it's called the keystone. And it's the one that like supports the weight of the structure and keeps it up. And so for me, like my, my biggest keystone habit is my morning routine. And like, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And so like, does it happen every single day? No, and that's okay. But if I do it, you know, if I get a B average showing up for my morning routine, that's better than not doing it at all, I figure. And so my husband and I in the mornings from six to 7 a.m., he takes an hour to himself and I keep an eye on our little guys. They are very early risers. So during that time I get them breakfast, they like to have hot cocoa in the morning because I guess that's a thing around our house nowadays. And then we cuddle on the couch and they watch cartoons. I drink my coffee and I usually do a little bit of reading during that time while we snuggle. And then from seven to eight is like, quote, my time. So my husband comes down from doing his morning routine, hangs out with our little guys. And then I usually come down here to my office space. And that's when I have like my I have like a whole morning routine that I do. So I start with uh, this thing called a start today journal, and it's a gratitude and goals practice. So you start off by writing five things that you're grateful for from like the last day or so. And then I write down like my 10 biggest goals that I am like working towards. And then at the very bottom, you write the goal that you're going to achieve first. So you can be like really focused on what you're working towards. And then I usually meditate for like only five to 10 minutes. Like I, um, I would love to have a longer meditation practice. This is not the season for it. So I'll put on Headspace, I'll use the Peloton app, or I'll just, sometimes what I do is I play like a favorite song and I just close my eyes and I listen to it and I just focus on my breathing. And when my mind wanders, and it does, I just come back to my breathing and it's a chance to practice self-love and non-judgment and showing yourself grace and I just come back to that. Um, and then after that, I do some journaling. So just like stream of conscious journaling. And I still have some carpal tunnel left over from my pregnancy. So my journaling is, it's again, it's not long, right? It's like one page, maybe two if my pinky finger doesn't go numb. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's really the, the morning routine. And then, I, and but the cool thing is, is that just by sitting down and doing those three things, um, it's, it's that keystone habit. Because then after that, I feel like, rejuvenated and I've like spent time with myself and I've like gotten centered. And so I'm like a more patient parent and I'm a more present partner and just like a better overall person. And then it has this cool trickle effect. So then I'll come upstairs to my morning routine and I'm like, you know, like a morning smoothie sounds really good. So then I'll have like a protein smoothie. Um, I'll drink, like I drink um, ketones. So I'll drink my ketones that like just energize me and like just make me feel really good. Um, and then in the afternoon, like my other keystone habit that's really important to me is physical movement. Um, and that's that can be different for everybody. I'm just like, I'm just a very physical person. Like running has always been a way for me to process my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings. Um, and the same thing with yoga. And now I have a Peloton bike, like, you know, so cliche, but in 2020, I got a Peloton because I was like, well, I can't, I've got young children. I can't go anywhere. Like I'm just going to get a Peloton. And so in the afternoons, I, I like I call it joyful sweating. Like it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It could be weights. It could just it could just be stretching. Like, but it's just a time for me to be in my body, moving my body, and just being like 
joyful over the fact that I get to do that. And that's another thing that just really makes me feel good. I mean, endorphins don't suck. And then that kind of helps carry me through the rest of my day. So yeah, I think like the keystone habits are really what helps me like show up and pour into myself. And like, and the cool thing about keystone habits is it's what works for you, right? Like for one person, it might be a meditation practice. For one person, it might be going for a walk every morning. For one person, it might be like, when my, when my coffee is brewing, I meditate and I do a gratitude practice. It can look like so many different things. But once you find what that thing is for you and what works, what creates that, that good domino effect, I would just say like lean into that, like put energy and effort into that. And it's always hard when you start a new habit or a new routine, but once it's just part of who you are, it's just, it's so helpful. So I love the idea of using these keystones. I think it's so important that we take time out to create space for ourselves. And also the fact that you're also creating space for your significant other so they can have that moment to themselves. Who doesn't want a little alone time to really center ourselves and just hit reset so we can set our intentions for today? So, Kate, thank you for spilling some hot tea on that one. Now you have to tell everyone how they can connect with you. Thank you. Yeah, so the, the best place to connect with me online, there's two places. The first is my website, which is misskatehouse.com, which somebody, another Kate House out there, beat me to katehouse.com. So <laughs> so I'm at Miss Kate House. So M-S-K-A-T-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. And that's where you can find everything in the Live by Design Company universe. So that's where the Live by Design podcast is housed. That's where my coaching services are. And there's a whole page about the Live by Design collective there as well. So you can learn even more about what it means to be a member, you know, how to sign up for a month or an annual membership. And then just there's a whole FAQ section. Um, So I'm really excited about that. And I just launched my new website. So I feel, speaking of getting outside your comfort zone, (laughs) designing a website was so far outside of my comfort zone. I did not go to school for web design, but I'm really proud of of what I've created there. And then if you want to connect on like a more personal level, I'm really active on Instagram over at Miss Kate House. Um, again, and that's where I share kind of like those more tactical things, right? Like that I share my morning routine on my Instagram stories, um, most days and I, my boys and I are doing this hashtag thousand hours outside challenge this year where we're trying to spend a thousand hours outside. (laughs) So I share a lot of what we do there. Um, and it's just a fun space to interact with everybody in our community and just, you know, be in each other's DMs and really connect on a more personal basis. Because Makita, I'm sure you've experienced this. The podcast is very much like this one-way conversation, right? Or two-way when it's a host and a guest getting to chat. But you know, the audience, our listeners don't get to interact in that same way. And so I really like to bring the conversation into the community over on Instagram as well. Kate was definitely keeping the tea extra hot. Now, you can connect with Kate on Instagram at Miss Kate House, and you can also find her on her website, Live by Design, where you can find out more about her Live by Design collective community. Now, you can find all of that information in the show notes. Now, don't forget to stick around as we dive into some key takeaways. It is time for some key takeaways. First, I want to say that this was such an amazing conversation. Kate not only talks about the benefits of living a life by design, she leads by example and continues to help others create a space that is true to who they are. By first asking yourself, 
What season in your life are you in? Is this a season for change? And are you happy with the life that you have? Because you have to take ownership in your happiness. No one can make you happy. You have to decide what makes you happy and are you willing to sacrifice your happiness to live a life for someone else or to truly live for you? Now, with any change, it's good to start small. Big things happen in small steps. And finding a routine that enables you to pour back into yourself is key. Now, this will look different for each and every one of us. It could be your routine, could be yoga or taking walks in the park in the evenings or in the mornings. It could be spending time with a favorite person, journaling, starting a garden, or maybe going back to school. This really depends on you and what makes you happy and what fills your cup. But the thing is, you get to decide. You design the life that you want to live. And you show up each and every day knowing that, yes, you can do hard things. All right, you guys, that is all the tea that I have to spill today. But don't forget to join me each and every Tuesday as we spill more delicious hot tea on finding your purpose and living in that purpose. <laughs>